Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. And I said, Lord, I'm not sure. I'm not healed. I'm not getting better. I've already said, Heavenly Father, I do believe it's not even accepting your faith. I'll submit my life to you Mm -hmm. because of what happened on the cross. But practically speaking, my life couldn't be any worse than it is. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. Do you think they get sick of that same I intro? really Maybe um, you should start it off know. sometime. Yeah, I should. Yeah. Uh, make up names and see if they're paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you something, uh, Wendy. What? Um, I, I love you, yeah. but sometimes you can be a real pain. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just kind of teasing, really. Uh, <laughs> you, you know me, I'm just kind of setting up the show a little bit here uh, yeah. since the subject of our show is going to actually deal with the issue of pain. And this is real pain. It's like chronic pain. Mm-hmm. You're real funny. You I are do. funny, but you know, way to set it up. That's good. But yes, many people do suffer with pain and it's real pain, not just irritations from others. But in fact, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, over 50 million American adults deal with chronic pain. And that's one in every five Americans. They wow. struggle with that chronic pain. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, today on your biggest breakthrough, we have a pain breakthrough expert. Yes. And uh, he's going to help you discover how to live better despite your pain. So I'm looking forward to this. I know there is hope. So if you are dealing with pain of any kind, you will want to listen in. And if you are dealing with someone dealing with pain of any kind, well, you're going to want to listen. So stick around basically no matter who you are, because you're definitely going to be benefited from this incredible show. We have Gordon um, Selly on and he once, oh, this is your part. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Wendy. <laughs> Let me read word for word. The bio. The bio. <laughs> Gordon, once a practicing doctor of chiropractic, uh, entered in the world of chronic pain in 1993. What an interesting way to put that. Entered into the world of pain, mm-hmm. uh, not expecting that, obviously. After uh, having four neck surgeries, uh, CRPS, that's formerly known as RSD, and then still contending with a long-lasting host of other system breakdowns, such as reoccurring kidney stones. Man, I've got a friend just going through that now. It's horrendous. Yeah, yeah. And then rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, he's courageously traveled through this myriad of dark spaces and chronic suffering and provides some exceptional recommendations through the Gordon and Sharice platform. Likewise, Sharice, and this is why I'm doing this part, because I'm the girl 
Okay. So anyway, so likewise, Sharice has her own story to share with those spouses of chronic sufferers who have lost their voices. She knows all too well the heavy burden that has been placed upon her and her family. Her insights are invaluable about climbing out of the pit of of hopelessness and sharing how to walk through the doorways of transformational change. Besides the Gordon and Sharice platform, Sharice is the owner broker of of Selly Group uh, real estate, and that's in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Gordon and Sharice have two sons, ages 33 and 30, and a beautiful daughter-in-law, and our grandparents to two grandchildren, ages five and two, and both enjoy doing higher levels of treadmill work, Pilates, mm. eating healthy, traveling, and consistently walking through the doors of their life-giving faith. So welcome to the show, Gordon and Cherise. Higher levels of treadmill training. I know, That's I'd kind like of to... scary sounding right there. I'm telling you what. What an intro. I will, I'm thinking of higher levels of treadmill too, going how high does the incline have to go before we prove that that's a higher level <laughs> very high trace wow, very high, very high. Oh how, how high does your treadmill go what number i think it's 10 oh okay so. all right that was a test <laughs> yes so have you been there i don't stay there but i have been there before yeah awesome you're awesome maybe awesome. by accident because because you used it before me yes <laughs> <laughs> yes there we go so, sometimes we can be the pain as the spouse, right, Wendy? I mean, I can't yeah. believe how you were just introduced. I, yeah. Can you so. believe that? I know, I know. Everybody <laughs> deals with that, Figurat- figuratively speaking. Yes. Well, so, Gordon, um, this is really fascinating to me because your, uh, your, your title, so to speak, is like the pain breakthrough expert. And that's just that not Cherise kind of gave you. Yeah, that's but you just, are. It's not like a certificate that was awarded to you after you passed a certain test, but what is that all about? What is a pain breakthrough expert? And how did you ever get that title? Well, Were you out seeking that? No, it's, it, Todd, it goes back a long ways and it actually came from Sharice. She said, I do not know many people who have been through what you've gone through. And it's been 28 years now. And many people don't even know you have pain now. But I knew you in bed and you were a doctor and a patient and you're the type of person walking your faith like I have not seen before where you're walking out the practical aspects of faith. And if anyone can help with an encouraging word, you are. And then what's so special about our platform is that we share Sharice's point of view. We're in our 26th year of marriage now. And Sharice has a message full of pearls of wisdom for those spouses who feel like they're the caregivers or they've been in a helpless situation. Exactly. You guys both work together to help people in their different sides of the coin of pain. And I think that's beautiful. And you have actually both just released a book, Pursue Real Hope. Right. I'm so glad you have it. Yes, I'm sure you are. Here you go. It's a great book. Read it in Cabo. Um, It is a great, great book. And so um, what we like to do, honestly, is we like to dive in and first talk about your faith breakthrough. And then I want to hear we want to hear kind of the beginnings of of this 28 year journey. So are we going with me or do you want Sharif to give her version of the, the truth? Either way, either way, you, you, whoever wants to go first on the faith journey, but, um, but definitely want to tap into the um, originated uh, space of that 28 year journey. 
Well, it, it started, people will ask me, what was your darkest time when you dealt with injuries? And even though my first impact type collision, okay, I had, I had three neck surgeries right off the bat. Um, that was very serious, but it was actually my second auto accident that took me to the darkest times because that was a time when my identity was completely shredded. I needed additional neck surgery. So I had my fourth neck surgery. So in this body, I basically have one disc functioning. I'm being held up by Cynthia's plates, bone fragments, and I was given a lifetime restriction of weight to lift between one and five pounds. And I was told if I damaged that last disc, my lifestyle would be one in a wheelchair. And so that time that I went into the darkest spaces, realizing I could no longer be a chiropractic physician, I had to get on disability. I didn't even know Sharice at the time. I had friends, colleagues, professionals. Everyone says, hey, listen, I'll pray for you. And then they run for the hills. Mm -hmm. No one is there for you. Mm -hmm. So with a lot of people suffering from chronic pain, this is where the story basically interdigitates with other people's lives. We walk through some of our darkest times in that abyss by ourselves so that we address the questions of life and death. We address the questions of what our real belief system is. And I know for me, once living in a huge, beautiful home and buying a new car every year and a half and saving as much money as I wanted to, I was down to a one-bedroom apartment with a mattress on the floor, and I lost everything except at that time, it was my, my two-year-old son. And so I had to start all over. And I had to start all over, just like a lot of people, completely broken. My body dilapidated where it felt like my systems were scattered from here to there. And how was I going to make things work again? And I was already a Christian. Mm -hmm. So my breakthrough was this. It was a question by the Holy Spirit that came to me. Do you fully believe in my word? And I said, Lord, I'm not sure. I'm not healed. I'm not getting better. I've already said, Heavenly Father, I do believe it's not even accepting your faith. I'll submit my life to you mm -hmm. because of what happened on the cross. But practically speaking, my life couldn't be any worse than it is. In fact, I can barely walk. And from that time on, that moved into the fact that I studied the word and I, 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 I was dedicated to my faith as much as possible. And then I met Sharice. She met me in a sense during my worst years, not at my best when I was a doctor and thin and athletic and I could do anything. She met me when I had gained a lot of weight, but she could see the love of Christ in my eyes. He had not gained the maximum amount of weight well, that you, he Sharice. gained in our marriage. Well, that's a whole other point. <laughs> Tell it like it is. That's Sharice. another story. Uh -huh. <laughs> a whole other story. When I met Gordon, um, it was about three years, wasn't it? It was three years into his chronic pain journey. But and how did you meet? Uh, well, you know, okay, I'll tell. I'll tell the real tell me ver your version. Tell the on. real version. <laughs> Um, so I had just moved to Colorado and I was a single mom. I was 22. I, I had, 
uh, come into town with a U-Haul truck and a four-year-old. And so um, it was a, a time where I had left what my version of Egypt was. I wanted to really know the Lord. I was a Christian, but I will say I had quite a journey um, at the earlier years of my life. And I knew the Lord and he gave me the strength to have a teenage pregnancy. Um, and so my future was kind of shifted early on in life, but I knew the Lord was peeling me like an onion at that time in my life. I could feel a measure of faith after faith. He was building something in me. I was journaling. I was praying and moving to Colorado. Um, I had lived here as a little girl and then I didn't expect to come back as an adult, but I thought this would be a great place to raise a son. Um, what a great environment to be outdoors, to be hiking, to be doing all of these amazing things that are to ski. I was a, a really good skier as a little girl. Billy, the kid, the Olympic skier taught me how to ski wow. in the first grade. So yes, I was a yes. little hogger. And um, so I loved all of that. But the truth is nothing prepared me for the Gordon over here, because when I got into town and it was a couple of months after living there and I was not on the hunt. In fact, I was kind of closed off to the thought of meeting somebody new. I was really in a place where I was detached and seeking God and work. I was just working my tail off. And um, I was selling eyeglasses throughout half of the state of Colorado. And anyway, long story short, um, my mom had helped me unpack the, the place that I was in. And she, I made a promise to my little East Texas mama that I would go to this church retreat. And it was a singles retreat. And, you know, a lot of times those things can be quite awkward. You might find that people have never dated or they're just, it's just kind of, sometimes it's weird. And for me, I'm kind of more, believe it or not, an introvert. So it was hard to want to go, but I made her the promise. I went and I'm in a corner as they broke up into small groups, right? As the thing started and we started praying and somebody walks in late. It's this guy. And he walks in with a sunburn and his hair is kind of windblown. And he looks to me a little bit like Jack Nicholson. Like he's just <laughs> there. And then this chair, like he sees me. And then I tried to just kind of avoid that. And I'm back in my little prayer mode. And then I hear this chair behind me and he's there. And I mean, he was tuned in and um, he doesn't want me to say this, but he did say he was uh, independently wealthy, but no, it was a joke. Um, but I was like, well, we can talk for a little bit longer. Um, but the truth is what really was the gravitational force towards each other. It was our kids. They were four and seven. And we showed each other pictures of our boys. And uh, I saw this confidence in Gordon that I had not met in anybody else in my life. He was wow. so confident and he loved the Lord. I did not know that there would be a second tsunami coming into Gordon's life. And which also then would involve mine six months after we got married. The rug second was a tsunami of pain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Big. Yeah. So I think, you know, we got married in 21 days from the day that we met. Wow. That's and amazing. so we celebrated our 25th year anniversary this year, going into our 26th year. And, you know, the, the truth is I love him as much as the day that I met him. Well, more actually, but there's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of things that are the very same because the Holy Spirit is timeless. 
And when he puts something together, it can't be broken. Um, and we can break it, I guess, but the, the Lord's intention is for it to, to mesh and stay together. And so there was a lot of decisions at a very early point in life. At the time, then I became the ripe age of 23 when wow. Gordon lost his health uh, completely. Wow. And, and I think of that already immediately, uh, you know, fresh married couple and you've got two boys uh, and you're trying to do this blended family thing. And yet um, all of a sudden, maybe your your identity is a little bit taken away or or a little shaky as well. Even though you you're you know love the Lord, uh, there may just be like, oh, oh, okay, I'm no longer practicing chiropractic, and and you're no longer you know whatever needing you know you're you're needing to care for Gordon at this point. Um, so how did y'all um, manage the whole kind of identity piece of it and knowing really who you are and whose you are, right? Well, we started out um, basically on our own prerogatives of I was actually starting to get better before that second tsunami of pain. And so my intention was to go to law school. So I was thinking, okay, if if we could add becoming an attorney and specializing in disability cases and specializing in tort law, because I was already an expert witness as a chiropractic physician. So that was kind of up my alley where I could do something where I wouldn't have to put the physical things on me. But uh, about six months into our marriage, I contracted this, literally this pain monster at the time of complex regional pain syndrome, which is the RSD. And what happened is I was driving the car one day and I noticed, man, I'm starting to get some burning in my arm for some reason. And by the time I got home and in the evening, my arm had swelled to the point, it was so swollen that you could not even see my nail beds of my family. Wow. And it swelled up all purple. And then by the next day to day and a half, my legs did the same thing and you couldn't even see my feet. I couldn't walk. It felt like someone had taken a match. And I'm not exaggerating. And put that burning match on my skin. And I couldn't even touch him. He, she couldn't touch me. I, he couldn't distinguish between hot and cold. Wow. And, and so I could not wear clothes. I was naked. And I did not sleep for almost 45 straight days. So I dealt with hallucinations, pure pain. We were at the hospital. Um, the doctor, they shut down my nervous system. So I had a sympathetic blockade at my cervical, thoracic, and lumbar spine. So it was a quadriplegic. And so here I was, already had these neck surgeries, thought I was going to get better. We, Sharice and I loved each other so much. I mean, talk about prayer. We prayed five to six hours a day. We were so in love with God. Everything was going to be great. We saw only redemptive thoughts uh, for our future. And then all of a sudden, this happened. Six and months into your marriage. Six months into our marriage. And so that's when the biggest breakthroughs of our faith really started to happen. How did you prevent yourselves from becoming um, bitter yeah. and resentful? I mean, thinking even, Gordon, the first occurrence where the pain started to set in before you met Cherise, and you had to make these decisions that I'm going to trust God and love God, even if I don't get his healing. And then this, this second whole tsunami here, and for you, Sharice, too, neither of you had 
any expectations of what you ended up confronting? You certainly didn't think you were going to be pain-ridden. And Sharice, you weren't expecting to find a guy like him. All of a sudden, bam. So how, how do you... Going when things pain. When, yeah. Yeah, when, right, <laughs> exactly. Right, so when things don't turn out like you think they ought to turn out, how do you prevent yourselves from slipping into that place of self-pity, resentment, and bitterness? Well, for me, I went through a couple of years of a grief process. It hurt just as much to lose my practice, hurt just as much to go to a disability office. It hurt just as much to go to the lowliest of lowest places where I never thought I would be because I was always success driven, um, not being able to practice anymore. So I went through the grief process already. And by the time with our faith, growing in our faith, Todd, seriously, it came down to this. It came down to a choice and attitude of what, how I was going to approach each day coming up. And when I was laying there and only moving my head and Sharice was crying, she said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to praise the Lord. Are you kidding me? We're going to praise God for who he is. We're not praising God necessarily for the pain that I have right now, because we don't even understand the meaning. We don't understand the instrument of pain on how it's used and sharing in the sufferings of Christ. We're going to focus only on him and put our trust in him. So, Sharice, what, how did you react to that? Yeah. I mean, what were you thinking? He's gone Looney Tunes. Is he on meds or what? He needs some sleep or what? <laughs> I wish I really could say I was saintly in that moment. But, but the first response was, why don't you just praise God and then die? Because it was, the truth is, it is so hard to not be able to help the one you love and to not be able to penetrate through those layers and this gigantic wall, even though we had the Lord, there became this wall of pain that started growing and that I couldn't, I couldn't physically touch him for those 45 or so days. But I mean, I, I did to, to help clean him or something, but it was, it wasn't a honeymoon time. Let's just say that. Yeah. And so, you know, it was, um, I, I, I really, I really, for his sake thought maybe it would be better if he wasn't here because this is, this seems insurmountable, wow. but his conviction of, Truly, he did say that. He said that to our boys, not just to me. And he didn't say it like um, it wasn't a, a it wasn't saying we're praising God and using this as denialism. Mm -hmm. You know, right? right. There's a difference. More of we're going to praise God because we are in the fire, not because we're pretending like it doesn't exist. And um, so I I started coming around. His attitude, I can say it it. This is the remarkable thing about this man is God has given him the grace to endure and not fall away. And there are so many people that do fall away and, and it's understandable. And for me, I had a choice in this um, early, early on at 23. I'll never forget these, this little like voice in the back of my head saying, you could run, you could leave and it would be a lot easier you know, the husband you wanted, you can't hike with him. You can't go to the mountains. You can't do the skiing. Everything you moved to go do, every physical activity you can't do. So it wasn't just the death of what he was going through. I died to all the activities that I, a young woman would want to do if they're athletic. So you had to go through a grieving, grieving. process yourself. 100%. Yeah. But 
I can say this, it broke off an entitled young woman. It brought me to a place of dependency where the person that I was very much in love with could not fill the hole that was developing in my heart. Nothing could solve it and no physical activity could be done to whitewash it away. I, um, I just remember that I really had a choice, stay or run. And if I was going to run, the problem in me, not saying the problem about Gordon, the problem in me would have run too. Like it would have followed me if I had not faced it and made that decision to say, I am going to stay. This is hard. It's not easy. This is not fun. But we have two little boys too, and their hearts were ripped. They were crying. You know, we needed each other. And Gordon's Gordon really did have the grace to set that up. And sometimes that spouse doesn't. But I will say the one thing I was responsible for in this time was my response. That's the only thing I could control. That's such a good word, Sharice, um, because it is ultimately it's down to a choice. Do we choose to be better or bitter? Or do we choose to do the hard rather than the easy? I mean, it's all about choice. It's free will, right? And so none of this was planned. You guys didn't know what was going to go down, but you all have been grieving, even the boys, right? You guys have all grieved. And yet God has drawn you into a more intimate place with him. And you, you just, you can't, you can't pay for that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And, and so you never trade anything for that because it's such a precious, um, intimate relationship. And so I think about, um, others that, you know, whether they're in the church or not in the church, whatever believers, unbelievers, um, sometimes people find it painful to even relate to people with pain. Um, they're either overly sensitive and compassionate where it's almost like they, you almost feel like a, like, I don't know, like, um, pity case. just pity. Yeah. Like, like don't, please don't feel sorry for me. Or they completely don't know how to handle it. And, and they walk away, turn away and just cut off the, the friendship or relationship altogether. So how do you handle that? And that was predominantly for me, the church. And I realized years ago, because part of it was, even with Sharice and going through the worst times, I did what I could do. So I studied the word six to eight hours a day in bed. So I went through six different versions of the Bible. And I found the fact that when I went to church, no one got it related to suffering. You just don't mention it. I can say it was almost like pain shame. Like you're right, not, right. you can't, we'll pray for this and we'll give a little pat prayer. My hardest time was I was at a women's Bible study in his most acute time of RSD, and I will never forget it. And they're well-meaning women, sure, well-meaning. Sure. We broke out after the study and, and they said, and, and the, the leader of the study, I believe she meant it. Let's, let's talk about what your prayer needs are, everybody. When I got to the point of what my prayer need was because of Gordon and what he was going through, no one in the room knew how to deal with it. And the conversation quickly shifted and it went to a cookie bake sale. That was the last time I was ever in that Bible study. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, teach us something here. Okay. Because there are people who are tuned in right now who are aware of people around them who are going through something horrendous and all of us want to reach out and, and help. We like, especially, you know, guys, I mean, Gordon, I'm just fascinated that, you know, you couldn't fix the problem physically, but you could fix a spiritual problem and you you know, your solution was to study the word, but what, what do we do to reach out to other people who are in pain when we don't know what 
to do. We can't fix it. We don't know what to say. We, we, it's like awkward. Help us out. What do we do? Here's what you do. First of all, when we talk about the word, let's talk about the person in bed. Okay. Let, let's talk about the person who says, I am at a level one. And if I don't even stay there, I just soon be dead. Okay. And they don't necessarily want to hear from someone else. So what does the word really do? And the responses we get from the podcast of Gordon, help us, Shrees, help us. They want a one, two, three bullet point answer and they want it now and they want it within 24 hours. Then my question is, what are you willing to pay for that? Because realistically that doesn't happen, but let's take, let's take something pragmatic, something practical about the word besides just the study of God, okay? It's really a study of ourselves, but let's take the word of God. So if we take that medicine, that truth, and we swallow it, not just taste it and spit it out, but we swallow it and let it go to every part of who we are. When you're in pain, it starts to teach you who the enemy is in your life. See, everybody believes pain is the enemy. It felt like the enemy. It felt like the enemy in the grief process. It feels like the enemy in the church when they feel helpless, but that's not the real battle. And so as you take the word of God, because we're so focused on what's going to happen in our future, how much money will we have? How healthy will we be? What will our kids get? What are our trophies? Do we have our recreational time? We all have those aspects that we, we struggle with and we want to balance with the creative process of the Lord and give our lives. What that word does is this. It says, here's the brightest future you can have with eternal life. There's your exit plan. Right now, it takes your mindset and it puts it in the present. So someone who wants to deal with pain and recognize, A, who the enemy is, what are we doing in the present? Mm -hmm. That creates a compassion in people to really have the right words of love for those who suffer. And the truth of the matter is, by sharing in the word, you're also sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Mm -hmm. Instead of abolishing that from our current day or modern theology, it's actually part of what grows us in spiritual maturity. So I found myself taking the word in, swallowing it, letting it take its time. I not only saw my inner man being regenerated, I started to see my physical body follow. See, I was never supposed to be out of bed. I was never supposed to golf again. I golf. I was never supposed to do new habits. Sharice and I have just taken up fly fishing. I was not supposed to do anything like it. 2006, basically for the last 15 years, I've been doing a 5K every morning, typically six days a week. And I'm not supposed to do any of it. And I walk through pain, but I grow. I realize pain's not my enemy. There is a battle going on. And that thief wants to steal, kill, and destroy only. And so once you realize, and you're not intimidated by the pain, you're going to get pauses mm -hmm. in your pain. It's going to be moderated at time on a chronic pain scale. And that's the time where you give it to God and he grows you and he grows you. And there's a power in him, in those dormant portions, those lifeless portions deep in your soul, that universe that you have, he's doing an act, a powerful act of regeneration because he promises redemption. He's doing it even though you don't see it and you don't feel it. But when you stay with the course, it's like that message that we all share in James. And you stay with that course and perseverance leads to endurance. You will no longer lack in anything. Okay. I have to say one thing really quick before it slips away because Todd, it, it goes back to your question. 
Like what those of us who aren't in pain, how do we interact? What do we say? What do we do? And that's such a, that is such a relevant question. And I think one thing is um, stay out of judgment and remain in curiosity. Stay out of judgment of that person and what their experience should be or because the thing is, and I can only speak from my own experience with Gordon that I've learned from my mistakes in this, where some, there might be that voice that creeps in to say, oh, maybe he did deserve this. Maybe something he did in the past was so horrific that this is what his lot is. That's you the know? lie that, that you would, yeah, he would like you to believe. The devil it's would, not, yeah. yeah, it's not true. That is not true. Because if I pin something on him, I'm pinning it on myself, first of all. If I pin something on him, what what am I saying about Christ's redemption and forgiveness? And Christ is a suffering savior. And I think that the biggest message that I feel for the body of Christ, we love, we're part of the body. We love the body. I saw a, a vision, as, and I know, Wendy, I know how much you guys love the ocean, and so do we. And I saw a vision like an ocean, but it was of people that were in pain and they felt like they lost their voice. There was nobody speaking up for them. And that is how people in pain feel. They've lost their voice. So many people within the church, if we're going to go there with a body of water analogy, I think there's so many in the church that are in pain anyway. Maybe it's not physical pain, right? It might be the emotional pain. It might be the things that you really can't feel or see uh, others dealing with. Um, so I, I believe that your message speaks to them as well, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's it's really just like, how do we how do we show up as loving individuals and and love one another through God's truth, like you said, Gordon, and, and be there and just be curious. I love that, Sharice. Be curious and not judgmental about what's going on. Um, but I've met you in person. We, we both, we all spoke at uh, the Live Today conference, and it was incredible to, to see you and to be with you. And we had so much fun. You met my parents, and that was uh, a little fun too. But um, Gordon, to know you, I would have never known that you had any pain period. I mean, and the fact that you are doing what you do, it, it's a testament to, number one, the power of thoughts and words. Life and death is in, in the power of the tongue, right? And so as you're thinking and as you're speaking, the body does hear and and it responds at a cellular level. And I know you get that as a, as a chiropractor and all that you've been through. But, but speak to that person who really is in that more negative space of, of maybe the process that you went through as you're in God's word, of course, but how did you start to practice um, those habits? Maybe you were already kind of there, but I think for some, it takes practice to be more uh, optimistic and positive. It does take practice. And this is what our platform is about. We give encouraging ways and we share all the different routes. You know, we've done now almost 70 podcasts and written a book and everything is full of pearls of wisdom because you can't tell someone how to when they keep falling down in the pain pit over and over and over again. You have to give them wisdom that changes them. And that wisdom comes from God. Mm -hmm. So we give wisdom, not just with life tips, not with just the Lord, but the fact that you can slay your pain. And if you're not part of that audience for us, then you're not part of that audience for us. But I do know this, when you talk about the church and the number of people that are hurt, it goes this far. There's as many as 116 million people in the U.S., 
that carry either emotional, physical, or mental pain for six months per year. That's a pandemic. I would say this, there are more people in chronic pain than there are dedicated Christians in the United States. Mm -hmm. Supposedly 250 million Christians in the United States right now, but only 10% believe that the word of God is truthful, add it up. There are probably more people in pain where they're not heard. They don't feel the expressions of love, compassion, caring. You mentioned, how do you reach out to someone? How about just listen to them and hold their hand? How about let them share what they're going through and they don't even want you to correct. They're just, they're just waiting for one word. When God speaks to us and changes us, we can't change people. God changes people. It's usually one word. And then what happens? A picture is drawn. A volume of scriptures come mm-hmm. out. We see a story in front of us. We have a vision to follow. And it might be something as simple as, I love you. We hear that from the Lord and our whole lives change. God is sharing his love and his power in us. Let's speak with his words to mm-hmm. other people. And as Shri said, let's move out of judgment, comparisons, um, should be's, you, you sinned, you deserve this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let's Let's move into compassionately loving someone without discriminating against them because they have pain. Interestingly enough, I I wonder if if people that um, are being judgmental or whatever, if they even realize it, right? Like they may just be blinded by that. So that's a whole nother uh, podcast altogether, right? I almost just quickly on that, though, I think I think it's this has dispelled some of our bad theology in our life. Like, okay, this isn't easily prayed away. How do we, in- and um, so we're just caught up in a culture that wants instantaneous gratification and we want an instantaneous faith that gets us out of misery. We want, to, we want an instantaneous Jesus to fix all of our problems like a genie. Instead, he's, he's not necessarily fixing us the way that we want to be fixed, but he's making us an entirely new person, even through suffering. There are um, so few people who really understand that or would even have ears to hear that because just as you mentioned, Sharice, our culture around us almost forces us to believe there is an instant fix now. I don't have to wait. And when it comes to God, the supreme healer who loves me, why wouldn't I expect that he would fix me now? But you said something uh, earlier, Gordon, about really, if I could just sort of summarize it, that pain is such a teacher. There's so many great lessons. And if we just focus on the pain, we'll never be able to receive what God has beyond the pain. Mm-hmm. And I want you to just comment for a moment, because there are some folks who, who say, but, but, but can't God just heal you? And, and why make you go through all of that? <laughs> and what he's doing is, is he does heal you, but he heals you in a deeper spiritual way. And Shri said a few very good nuggets. We're growing into a new person in Christ. And I don't think people even know what that looks like. And so what we keep doing is, and I realized this in my journey with the breakthrough, was I can no longer rehab the old Gordon. I can no longer be the old doctor. I could no longer capture the exact same dreams. And yes, my life is taking a different course, but I submitted my life to him. And the impact of of your story to those that are dealing with pain, you may be obviously reaching more people for Christ than had you just remained a a chiropractor. And you know what I mean? So it's just a, you trust, you're trusting. And I think that's a big thing. It's the surrender. It is. And, you know, walking through this whole course, 
If you were to ask me today, Wendy, this question, Gordon, which would you take? No more pain or intimacy with Christ? It's easy. I would not want to give up my intimacy with Christ. There is no way. It is richer. It's, you know, it's almost like I entered a seminary of suffering, but we talked about this. It's the sanctified life, which is the eternal life. And so I see kernels of eternal life and value in every part of my day. And Sharice and I, just because we're walking in grace-filled transformation, the point is this, we get painful adversity all the time. We get trials just like you folks do. Everybody does. Everybody does all the time. That doesn't stop. But you know what our mindset is now? It's trained to look at him instead of just focusing on those trials. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? You forgive easier. You forgive better. You forgive more quickly. And so you walk into this whole new value of living Mm -hmm. where you can start seeing that new person growing in you. You're more loving. You're more forward thinking. You're not afraid to take different steps. You know, we we talk practically speaking. Mm -hmm. Sharice and I challenge each other with new things and new ideas. We don't have fears and limitations. We may create our own gold standard of 100%. There may be a new normal for us, but our focus is on the limitless bounds of eternity. Here we are as a couple. People ask, well, why did you guys start fly fishing? It's because when we were first in our marriage, that 23-year-old who's crying on my shoulder and I could only move my head. I was said, watching a river runs through it. Right. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yes, yes, I've got to grow my hair. I am not Beautiful casting. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I love trees. I'm not taking off my shirt in the college. I'm sorry, Gordon. Yes. Yes. He's done. He's done now. So so the reason we did it is because because we couldn't do anything then. What can we do now? God's redeeming something. He's redeeming the time and it wasn't my time. Right. He's redeeming it. And it's not in my way, but it's in his way. It's in his and so it's sweeter. It's sweeter to see that if I would have bolted and 25 years would have passed, I could have never seen this, this version of Gordon that you guys see right now. You know, there was a version of Gordon that also had a lot of weight gain because of medication and because food was the only comfort that really was there. And we haven't talked a lot about that. Well, thank you. Shreds. That's right in your wheel. Might I say, wasn't it about 75 pounds? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah I, I had a waistline of 46 and I wore a double XL shirt. Okay. Wow. And so um, you want to talk about a real breakthrough. It was in 2006. Okay. And I was in the, I was in the bathroom and my eyes were almost like every blood vessel in my eye was broken. It was so red and my eyes looked so dark. And I got out of the shower and I went into the mirror and I literally... I literally dropped my towel in front of the mirror and I looked at myself and I said, okay, heavenly father, by your grace, I'm going to confess everything about my body because I am not, I do not represent the holy temple. I can't even tell you live here, even though I'm packed full of knowledge, there's something practical missing. 
There's some connection that's not there. And there's a lot of people feeling it on chronic pain. There was no movement in my life. There was stagnancy. So I just said, Heavenly Father, I'm a fat pig right now. And I'm not insensitive to people who are morbidly obese or have thyroid conditions or who are struggling with weight loss. But in my time of being raw and authentic in confession, I said, Heavenly Father, I need your blood to cleanse me. And I need that heavenly blood that you have that will separate the old parts of who I am and let them drift down the stream. I need to grow into a new vessel and I want to worship you. The Romans, you know, chapter 12 verses one and two, I need to worship you with my whole rational being. What that tells me is that it's, you were courageous, honestly, it takes courage to do that. Mm -hmm. And so um, someone listening right now may just need to have that courage rise up in them to look at themselves in the mirror and drop their towel and really confess and and repent and just, and, and be a new creature. Right. And so giving someone maybe that permission right now by just you sharing that story is huge. And can I say, can I say this too? He was courageous. It was amazing, but it was a light that the Holy Spirit had to illuminate. If I would have nagged him into weight loss, forget it. We might not have actually stayed married. It could have just become a perpetual dripping, nagging thing. I was so worried about it. And he kept telling me that there is no way I can lose the weight. He, he kept telling me almost every time that any discussion ever did come up. And I actually got to the point where I believed that I didn't press it because I, I had, I had a choice in this too, as I watched Gordon just continuously get bigger is that um, I couldn't fix that either. And so I took it to the Lord and it, it, it was something that was revealed to him. I didn't have to become the junior Holy Spirit. It always turns out better that way, doesn't it? When God can provide the breakthrough and we don't have to be the ones who sort of give the big reveal. But I love the way everything you guys are talking about is based upon a perspective. And the perspective always pulls God into the center of it. And yes. you're, you're, it's almost like you're taking a stand, refusing to be distracted by all of the things that could grab your attention twist your head around and give you a completely different attitude. And you kind of started out saying a lot of this is all dependent upon this choice of attitude. That's what we love about you. It's so inspiring to hear that because what you're saying applies to just like every area of life. When we face things we don't like and we don't want, what are we willing to do? Willing to pull God in the center of it and make a choice for the right attitude. That's what you guys model so well. Yeah, we we really appreciate y'all so much. And uh, those of you that are listening, make sure you go and check out the Gordon and Sharice show. It's an incredible podcast. Um, You guys are are making a huge difference. And I love how God is, and you are willing to allow um, God to use your story for for his glory, as cliche as that may sound, but it's so true. I have to ask you too, because you've, you've taken up fly fishing now and you're running like six days a week and you look as fit as all get out. I have to ask this. You Do you have Are pain? Are you eating whole food plant-based? Well, yeah, that, that, <laughs> our whole food plant-based. Since but, we got Wendy. Here's, 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 the, here's the deal. And it started in 2006 and I realized it quickly. And, and even today, I am so disciplined that I don't run. It's a fast paced walk at 4.6 to 4.7 miles per hour. Okay. And let me tell you, that's a workout. And here's the deal. I walk in pain. I don't walk pain-free. My discipline is through pain. It is not being pain-free. So for instance, this morning, what was my morning routine? I was awake at one. What time was I on the treadmill? 
5 a.m. What was I doing? I knew I would be on the show. So what did I know? Heavenly Father, the things that are erupting in me, Heavenly Father, I give those to you at the cross and I want to walk in your joy, not the agony of pain. I want your joy to be my strength. So with this morning, give me and give Sharice and Todd and Wendy the right words that will impact the soul's of everyone listening right now. And I was praying that this morning on the treadmill. Wow, Gordon. Amen to that. Yes. Amen. Include a plant-based diet. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've had more fiber lately since I've met Wendy than I think I've had in my whole life, but I feel so good. And oh, that's good. Yeah, we totally turned the corner on only plant-based, honestly, no. Um, but I would say refined sugars, processed foods, all of that. We've We've been very vigilant for years to eat healthy and to choose foods that give life. I feel like Wendy's are my third functional medicine doctor that I've already gone through. <laughs> I think we're going to go deeper one day with you, Wendy. I'm, I'm a little bit scared, but I'm excited for the challenge. Well, I, we just It'll I be love y'all so much. And I can't wait for Todd to meet y'all in person. When, when I met y'all, I mean, my goodness, we had, we laughed way too much. <laughs> Or is there too much laughter? I don't think so. But you, I would have, again, never known you were in pain. And oh. you're just always cutting up. You're always having fun. And I believe that that's a testament to to just God stepping out before you um, and, and allowing you to just show up in this moment, at this time, in the way that you always show up. And, yeah. and to him, to, to God gets the glory, right? And so thank you for being that model and that example. And Sharice, thank you for being the model and example of how to walk um, just beautifully with someone that's going through pain and continually do so. Um, one final question I want to ask mm -hmm. actually yeah. is because yeah. um, you do have the two boys and you've got two grandkids, right? Um, and I, I know that they take a lot of energy and they're a lot of fun, but tell me quickly how your boys and how your grandkids, um, does it affect them at all? Thank you for asking. Yes. And one son he is in Australia. Uh, he's 33. He's doing very well. He's had his second master's degree. He's married to a Broadway singer. Um, and our kids are, are doing great. Here's what it's done. I'll start with Jake and then we'll finish with Chris because Chris had something new happen just today. Okay. Yeah, cool. It's fresh. So Jake at 22 years old decided to get married and move to Australia. Wow. So you're talking about a person that was so confident in their faith and had grown through the suffering that I had gone through. He also grew as my son and his maturity is off the charts. Mm -hmm. He is so responsible so loving, so kind. He has a softness about him where, you know, he has so much strength. He's physically in top shape. Mm -hmm. You know, he has so much strength in everything he does, but he would never hurt anyone else. He is so understanding. And then Christopher is turning 30 tomorrow. And we just saw a ring on someone's finger there. Okay. That's so exciting. It's so exciting because yes, and Christopher lives in LA and he has made quite a life for himself through moving during these COVID times to a place where there was the most restrictions. And he, he, he's, he's had his own version of overcoming uh, through all of this through. And in his childhood, he, he gained a dad in his life that loved him, but um, it, it grew both. It grew Christopher into a place of, a lot of maturity very fast and, uh, and an empathy. I would say that Christopher defends the underdog. Christopher loves 
people and he loves to, he has a heart as big as the ocean. So that I think that a lot of those qualities were developed as he watched us walk through suffering and we didn't do it perfectly. He's learned a lot through our mistakes. Too. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I can, I can say this practically daughter, Wendy is this is when you're restricted to one to five pounds lifting. I didn't even lift groceries. So my kids did it all. They were kind of exhausted with yeah. all the, and then, you know, there's a little part of Gordon that likes to adjust things, you know, and move furniture and have well, things. That's the OCD thing, right? <laughs> I, I was hoping you would go there. No, no but I, I, so, honestly, so, you know, the boys got used to becoming the furniture movers at very young ages because our home was constantly in a state of adjustment and change and order, but they, they, they rolled with it. And they're, they're pretty amazing in our hearts. You know, the thing that's remarkable is we survived not only chronic pain, but a blended family. Yeah. And, um, and we love each other. We are one family. Well, I love that. And Beautiful. I know you, you know, you mentioned God redeems and he restores. And I know he's re even redeeming the time with the boys and through the grandkids and all that. So God is so good and he is on the throne and you guys are just shining bright for him. So thank you so very much. And uh, we appreciate the time uh, to be able to interview you and share your story. So if, um, if, if you are listening and you want to learn more about uh, Gordon and Sharice, go to and check out the Gordon and Sharice show and also check out their book, uh, Pursue Real Hope. And that is Discover Better Living Despite Your Pain. And check that out. Get their book. It's not just a how-to book. It will, and it will give you hope and, um, and a vision. Uh, and ways to move through through the pain. And so, thank, thank you, you both for being so willing to share your lives so uh, so transparently, because I thank think that's what makes it very real for all of us. So bless you and thank you guys. Thank, thank you guys. You guys. It's been thank great. You very much. We appreciate the raw discussion. It's been yes, you. yes, me too. All right, and those that are listening, thank you for tuning in. We always love spending this time with you. We'll see you next time on Your Biggest Breakthrough. So glad you could join us today, and you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah, and also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypat.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.